All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Daily Face-Off Show. Today is Wednesday, January 26th, and Scott Burnside's here, and we're sliding into a Wednesday feeling as good as Keith Yandel coming off a record-setting night, 965 games played. Scott, are you feeling like an Iron Man today? I feel uh, I got the Iron Man feel about me and uh, honest in a completely forgettable season. And that doesn't even scratch the surface of <laughs> that train wreck that the Philadelphia Flyers are. Yeah, that's some good news and, and good for Keith Yandel. And when you talk to the many people that he's lined up alongside over his long career, um, nary a discouraging word is said about Keith Yandel. And it's a mark... The interesting thing, and we're going to get to it, is it's a mark that we thought maybe would never fall, but who knows, may fall again pretty quickly. But good for Keith Yandel and good for a tiny sliver of good news for beleaguered Flyers fans. Yeah, it's just about the only thing they have to celebrate there. And Mike McKenna wrote a really good story earlier this season on Keith Yandel. Uh, played 14 years of pro. I, I don't know how many gazillion teammates Mike McKenna had on all the different teams that he played on and said Keith Yandel was one of the very favorite that he ever had. So says a lot about Keith Yandel, the way his Flyers teammates celebrated him and his family. But we've got lots to get to today. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with this. The Vancouver Canucks got their guy after nearly a two-month search for their general manager position. News that we reported last night, Patrick Alvin becoming the 12th general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. They make it official this morning. 
Scott, he is the second European-born general manager now in NHL history, has a long track record of set success here in the NHL with three Stanley Cups to his credit over his tenure with the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was Jim Rutherford who convinced him to move to the U.S. from overseas where he was working and began his NHL career as a European scout. What sticks out to you when you see the news of Patrick Alvine joining the Vancouver Canucks? Well, there are a couple of things, Frank, and, and one of them is the fact that this is just the second European-born GM in, in the NHL. And it's funny, I talked to Jarmo Kekalainen in uh, Columbus for a different story last week, and and it, it does boggle the mind that it's taken this long uh, for the first Swedish GM and that there had just been two. And I think broad picture, it, it speaks to a pretty good two-week period or so for uh, President of Hockey Ox, Jim Rutherford in Vancouver. And, you know, our colleague, former colleague, Rachel Dury, joining their analytics department earlier this week, Emily Castengay, NHL uh, player agent, becomes the first female assistant GM in uh, club history. And you add the worldview that uh, Patrick Alvin brings to the table. And um, listen, there's a ton of work to do in Vancouver, but kudos to Jim Rutherford for really looking at this organization saying, how many different, intelligent, smart hockey voices can I have in, in my room? Um, throw in the Sedine the twins. And I think you have to be optimistic um, looking long term at, at the team that uh, the executive team that Jim Rutherford is building in Vancouver. As I say, it's a ton of work to do, man. There's, you know, this team is nowhere near out of the woods, even though they played very well under Bruce Boudreau. But I think it's been a couple of fine weeks for Jim Rutherford in redefining the culture of this team. Yeah, I love how everyone, I, I see the tweets on social media at 72 years old is Jim Rutherford, the NHL's most progressive manager. Like <laughs> if you've known Jim Rutherford at all and have spoken to him at any point, you'd recognize that, you know, that is, you know, clearly the case in terms of his ability to make moves and, and do different things, think outside the box. That's sort of always been what his MO has been as someone that, uh, is constantly talking to different people and getting fresh perspectives. So he's kept an open mind his entire career. That's what's enabled him to have the success that he's had. So if you're looking at the Vancouver Canucks, Scott, and you're looking at where they're heading next, you mentioned a ton of work that they have to do. What is a number one on the list in terms of priorities? For me, it's JT Miller. I think that's the biggest question mark with this team. I don't, there's not a, a teeming you know, list of assets that the Canucks have to move, but my sense on the JT Miller front, and I reported in the last couple of days, some of the teams that have expressed interest in JT Miller to this point, a potential reunion with the New York Rangers, the Boston Bruins, the Calgary Flames, and the Minnesota Wild are all among the teams that have expressed interest. Miller, to me, even with one year left on his deal, you could make the argument the Canucks need more guys like JT Miller and perhaps should continue consider signing him to an extension. But I, I think the issue here is that JT Miller is, you know, while he's enjoyed his time in Van, is is open to the idea of going back to a team in the U.S. Yeah. Well, and, and you raise an interesting point, Frank, and to me, it goes back to the kinds of discussions that I assume that Jim Rutherford and his evolving management team will have to have very quickly is what are we going to do here? And listen, they played well under Bruce Boudreau. They're on the edge of the playoff picture in what is a very murky Western conference. But let's be realistic. The chances of them making the playoffs. And then what happens? 
you know, you play Colorado in the first round. So I think you have to, you have to be a realist here. And at some point you had to say, well, what can, what can we do vis-a-vis our assets moving forward? And there's not a lot of obvious assets to go out the door that you can return high-end picks or prospects. JT Miller is obviously that guy. Now I'm with you, Frank, if he expresses an interest in being part of the process there for the next four or five years or whatever the number of an extension might be, then that's, that's you need to know that. But if not, the fact he has one year left on his deal makes him the kind of asset that I think you can ask for a first round pick, uh, high end prospect, a mix of later round picks. Given that extra year, that's critical in returning high end assets to a team that really has not had a lot of high end assets come through the, the system in the last three or four years. So to me, that's that's priority one is coming to that kind of resolution. It's not just one year. It's also one year at a really reasonable number for a guy who's been a consistent point per game producer. And to your point, that's really the biggest issue with the Canucks is that it's not like he's taking over or inheriting a team that has a spot where, you know, we've got six guys in our pipeline that are coming next. They really need to do a good job of restocking that. And then they also have critical questions to ask of Brock Besser, of Bo Horvat, of, of other people that, you know, who's part of the long-term vision and core and who isn't. And so those are all questions that I believe Jim Rutherford has begun asking himself over the last two months since being in this role. And now certainly Patrick Alvin as well, right in the thick of it. I think ideally he wanted to wait to get that general manager and have them be in lockstep in terms of making some of those decisions. I think there were probably some tempting conversations that had occurred with teams that were anxious to try and get their hands on a guy like JT Miller over the last couple of weeks. And now they'll do it together. So interesting to see uh, Patrick Alvin and his comments today as he addresses the me- the media later on his first day as the Vancouver Canucks 12th general manager. Speaking of interesting press conferences, got to touch on the Philadelphia Flyers. It was their general manager, Chuck Fletcher, flanked by Comcast Spectacor president and CEO Dave Scott uh, today addressing the media as the Flyers hit a record 13-game winless streak with their loss on Long Island last night, blowing a 2-0 first-period lead. And the Flyers are in a tough spot. Uh, There's no question about that. Chuck Fletcher acknowledging that today, saying we have a long road ahead of us. He addressed a myriad of topics, including Claude Giroux, saying it'll be Giroux's choice as to where he goes, obviously holding the full no-move clause. That conversation is expected to pick up in the coming days. Sean Couturier Uh, and Ryan Ellis are facing potential season-ending surgeries. And Chuck Fletcher's recommendation to the doctors was, well, let's look at where we are in the playoff race. No sense rushing to try and get them back. Let's get them right for next year. So some bits of honesty, but I think, Scott, maybe the most surprising part for me was the vote of confidence that Chuck Fletcher got and sort of the way that it was delivered from Dave Scott saying, Right now, Chuck's my guy. It would seem that Chuck Fletcher is on the hot seat a bit. You know, the, the optics of today, having the, the CEO sitting with him certainly helps. And uh, Dave Scott says he feels like he's surrounded by good hockey people. But there have been a number of missteps along the way in a Flyers year where they were hoping to just get better goaltending that would solve all their problems. Carter Hart, nine twelve save percentage, not the issue. Injuries haven't helped, but the Flyers team really needs some direction. And as Chuck Fletcher said, needs more top end talent. Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot to unpack. You've got three or four hours to talk about what ails the flyers. Let's go. But, uh, and, and I think the, the, the question is, you know, what is, what is the plan long-term given 
what has been revealed this year. And and what's discouraging, it has to be discouraging for Chuck Fletcher and Mike Yo, who's the interim head coach and the players in that room. But where where is it, where is the leadership? Where are the players who step forward and could put a stop to this 13 game winless streak? It's the second long winless streak of the season. It's it's just it's disheartening. And you have to ask, what is your leadership plan? From the beginning, what happens to the coaching situation? Well, if you're, you know, I love the idea of Rick Tockett returning to Philadelphia as a head coach, but is Chuck Fletcher still going to be the GM in the offseason? I mean, a lot of things that have to fall into place. They have to fall into place in the right order. I am fascinated about the whole Claude Giroux thing, though. As you say, he controls his own destiny, full no move. Uh, he's making 8275. What's his future in Philadelphia if he's not dealt, or even if he is and circles back? I, I just don't know where he fits or how he fits moving forward. And does he want to be part of that? He's never really had a legitimate chance at a Stanley cup. Is this the time maybe to explore that? No shame in that. He's been a terrific captain. It's just never happened for him or the flyers under his leadership there. I'd be surprised ultimately at the end of the day, if he doesn't pursue something like that, there's a nice milestone coming up a thousand games played as a flyer supposed to hit that in early March. To me, that puts the perfect bow on what's been an outstanding career there. And you have an opportunity now to go chase a cup. You know, Chuck Fletcher said, Claude Giroux our best offensive player. It's not even really close, but he's 34 years old and was drafted 16 years ago. That's a long time. Flyers fans have been critical of the fact that uh, the Flyers haven't won a playoff series since he's been their captain in 2012. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's been a tough road for Claude Giroux. I'd just love to see him personally in a situation where that pressure isn't on him. And all of a sudden, hey, go be one of our middle six guys on a fantastic team. He's been near a point-per-game producer still. I think uh, a lot of teams are salivating about the idea or potential of that. And, you know, I don't think there'd be any shortage of, it, of interest if they were to get and make that decision before the deadline. There was a unique and uh, dirty you know, play, I guess you could call it, uh, in between the Buffalo Sabres and the Ottawa Senators. Drake Batherson, the Senators all-star selection, who's having a fantastic season this year. You see him as he's rounding the net, the old classic pick play here by Aaron Dell. Maybe went a little bit too far. He faces a Department of Player Safety hearing today. Uh, my questions to you are one, how many games does Drake Bathurst or ex- how many games does Aaron Dow get? Excuse me. And, you know, what kind of loss is this for the Sens? You see the frustration in DJ Smith uh, and his reaction saying just an unnecessary play taking out our best player. Got a feel for the Sens in this moment. Yeah, it's just a cheap shot uh, by a marginal goaltender uh, who probably isn't in the NHL if the Sabres are at all healthy. And I I look at it, you know, out of five, six games, I mean, 10 games, you know, to me, the real issue is Batherson, who, as you point out, is, is, is having a terrific year north of a point a game. And to me, you know, a, a, a Senators team that took a long time to sort of get their traction this season, finally starting to play a little bit more like I think we thought they might. No one expected them, I don't think, to be a playoff team. But Batherson's such an important part of, you know, what we might imagine this team to look like maybe as early as next year, maybe the year after that. Um, and on a needless, careless, dirty play, um, you know, it looks like a high ankle sprain. So we could be talking weeks. Um, it just, it's just unfortunate. And it's one of those plays that 
what's the point? You got two teams that are a million miles from the playoffs and that's, you know, that's how you play. I mean, we talk often about respect in, in the game of hockey. Well, I think Aaron Dell might need to look up respect in the dictionary pretty soon. Yeah. Dell says that he didn't mean to injure him. I mean, I, I guess when you see a guy rounding the corner like that, kind of hard to envision something like that not happening, but give me your verdict. How many games does Dell get? Okay. I'll say eight games. Eight. Okay. How wow. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they said it would be in person, so I don't even know that they can go that far. Uh, my guess is three. I saw Tim Peel chime in on Twitter. He said five. But here's the other interesting wrinkle. You rarely ever see goaltenders suspended. So, like, if he is suspended for five, how many would he have actually normally missed anyway? Two, three? Like, it feels like the penalty for goaltenders should be potential game started. It's like the coach should have to fill out a form. Yes, I was planning to start this guy this game, and therefore he's suspended and cannot. Yeah, it's true. I'm with you. Okay, we'll see how close we are. All right, uh, we'll check that out. And let's, uh, let's bring in Chris Peters for another edition of The Next Wave. That's right. Pleased to welcome back to the program Chris Peters for another edition of The Next Wave delivered by DoorDash. Chris, when you look at the Canadian roster that was actually leaked one day ahead of time by the International Ice Hockey Federation, which I thought a lot of people on social media got a kick of, Hockey Canada maybe not so much, what I noticed was the big disparity in the difference between how the Canadian roster is built for Beijing and how the Team USA roster is built. Lots of college players on the U.S. side, lots of you know European savvy vets that have been played playing overseas for a long time on the Team Canada side. A couple young guns and prospects that, of course, we're all interested in. But when you take a look at comparing these two rosters, you know, which one do you think is better geared for success overseas in this tournament? Boy, it's, it's really tough to say. I think that really you look at the entire field of this Olympic team and, or the Olympic tournament and you say, I don't know. This can go any number of ways. When we see that Germany won the tournament, you know, or got to the gold medal game four years ago and we're minutes away from winning the gold medal, you kind of think, well, anything can happen. But I think that there was definitely a, a big difference here. And I think that the difference is that Canada had far more professional players in Europe, in the KHL, in Sweden, in Switzerland that are having really good seasons and you can't really ignore that. You want to take players that are playing really well. Also their, their younger players are typically all in junior hockey or already in the NHL. So it's a little different than the, the best young players for the U S where they're playing college hockey and they're, they're a little bit more, um, you know, they're, they're, they're getting challenged at the collegiate level, but they're still really young. But you look at, you look up and down this roster. What's the biggest thing that stands out to me? Well, there it's, it's a bigger team. USA went with speed. Canada went with size and experience, and I think that that could go either way in a tournament like this. It's going to be played on an NHL ice surface in in China, so having a big grinding team, I think they're trying to win, you know, uh, an NHL style playoff game here with the size of the the ice surface. So. I, I don't think that that's really a, a problem. I, I think that this team on paper looks to me far better than the team that Canada took four years ago and won bronze. So I think this, ha this team has a very good opportunity to compete for a gold medal. 
Chris, I'm curious what you make of the, the, the meshing between the coaching staff with Team Canada and its players. I know when we think of the U.S. team and being young and David Quinn seems like a perfect fit there. Claude Julian's been coaching NHL players since 0203. He was part of the Olympic staff in 14 that won gold, of course, with NHL players. Um, it's got to be an adjustment for a veteran coach like Claude Julian to suddenly have a bunch of guys outside of a handful, Adam Cracknell, Eric Saul, of course, um, you know, who don't have much, if any, NHL experience. What do you see that fit being like? And maybe, I don't know, we've uh, seen some shades of the Bruins uh, from Claude Julian's day coaching the bruising Bruins. Maybe this is a perfect match. Yeah, it very well could be. I mean, I think that the the most important thing that any coach has to do in a tournament like the Olympics, the World Juniors, the World Championship, is those adjustments have to be made very quickly. If things aren't going well, you don't have a lot of time to fix it. So you can't let a guy get out of a slump, for instance. You can't get a, let a guy just kind of go by the wayside and, and play you know, halfway. It's got to be all in or nothing, and you have to make adjustments on the fly. So I think that the experience that he has in the Olympics previously helps. Uh, you know, Canada didn't necessarily have a tough road in Sochi back in 2014, but he still has that experience of, hey, we need to get things moving quickly. I think having veteran players like an Eric Stahl, guys that have been in the international events, even having a guy like Owen Power who played in the World Championship last year, that's very valuable experience. And those are the types of players that you want to lean on if you're a head coach. So I think that, you know, he has the respect factor. He has, you know, a team that that can believe in, in him in terms of what he brings to the table. He's seen it all. And I think that that is what probably helps a lot. But I think that this is a good match of player, um, uh, the team to coach, just because they do have so many veteran players. It's going to be very interesting to see how he handles the goaltending situation. There's no Tuka Rask back there. There's no guy, you know, there's no Tim Thomas back there. <laughs> You're dealing with some guys that, that you know, you have three capable guys that could start. So those are the types of decisions that are going to have to be made that are really the big ones. And then also, as I mentioned, making those adjustments on the fly as quickly as possible. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments need to be made, but also potentially with the roster as a whole. One of the interesting wrinkles this week, Chris, is that teams could bring six extras to Beijing just in case there are any COVID issues that pop up. Kent Johnson is one of those extras of the University of Michigan for Team Canada. And for me, I look at how highly skilled Kent Johnson is, an impact player that could play you know, immediately in this lineup. Why didn't he crack their opening 25 in your eyes? And you know, obviously, you know, it's hard to tell what the pecking order is like as to who gets in. But are you a little surprised that Ken Johnson wasn't among the initial 25? Very much so. I think he's one of the best players in college hockey. I thought for sure he would be on this team. Um, I think he's one of the most skilled players in the tournament that's not on a roster right now. You know, I think that what he's done at the University of Michigan this year, the strides that he's made from one year to the next, the fact that he's had COVID, recovered from it, and and came back and really didn't miss a beat. He's he's been producing at a high level. Played well at the very brief World Juniors. Um, that's a guy where I say, you know, you look at some of the other players, Josh Hosang, similar in terms of his playmaking ability and skill, um, you know, hasn't had the reps necessarily with Hockey Canada. I think that the the experience factor definitely made, uh, made an impact in why Kent Johnson didn't make it. But if I was picking that team, and kind of using the philosophy that, that that USA used where it's like our young guys are closer to the NHL than the guys that had their chance. He's a guy I think could make a, a sizable impact on this team. So if I'm Hockey Canada, I'm not hoping for injuries or COVID, but I'm kind of like, you know, I, I think he should be the first call if there is a forward that goes down because he is a center. He is a wing. He can do a little bit of both. 
I, I just think that he's a tremendous player. And I was really surprised that he didn't make the, the, the actual roster. Yeah. And one more attribute in his skill set is one that you pointed out already had and recovered from yep. COVID. So you never <laughs> know how valuable. much that can, <laughs> yeah, that can really benefit a player and his chances to get into the tournament. I know some other players on Team Canada's roster have already had it and recovered as well. I wonder if that was part of the process to pick the team. We'll have to wait and see, crossing our fingers for good health for all the players that have been selected. An incredible honor to participate, even as fill-in players in the 2022 Olympics. This has been another edition of The Next Wave with Chris Peters, delivered by DoorDash. All right, Scott, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to answer your questions. My question to you is this. Keith Man- Keith Yandel is the new Iron Man in the NHL. 965 consecutive games played. I think we're all curious, how long does this streak go? When does it end? Will it end at a certain point? And at the end of the season or in a couple seasons, will Keith Yandel still be the NHL's Ironman? You look, Phil Kessel, hot on his heels. It's been a very up and down season for Keith Yandel to this point. And I think a lot of people have wondered, would he have been a healthy scratch had this streak not been on the line? How much rope do the Flyers give him after setting the mark? Do they pull him out? Do they not? Does Phil Kessel catch him? Where do you come out on this? Well, as we talked about in Philadelphia, you know, this is a lost season. So if you've got some young D that have an opportunity to get their feet wet at the NHL level, I mean, with all due respect to Keith Yandel, having now set the mark, uh, that's an obvious move that you can make. And, uh, you know, it came up, he was a healthy scratch in Florida in the playoffs last year. So I see the streak probably ending sooner than later. But the Phil Castle is an interesting case because he's coming to the end of his current contract in Arizona. He's got 27 points. His goal tallies are, are well off uh, from what we normally expect. But, you know, come trade deadline time, there's a guy with a couple of Stanley Cup rings. He's uh, often, you know, he, he's a, a guy that people love to play alongside and love to have him in the room. I don't think he's going to be, you know, barring injury, obviously, taking any time off uh, anytime soon. So, I think it's quite possible that if not by the end of this season, then early next season, that Phil Kessel could in fact set a new Ironman uh, number, which is pretty incredible considering we wondered if Doug Jarvis's number would ever be stopped. But um, I, I'm curious to see what happens to Phil Kessel. He has an 18 trade list, so it could be trade to eight teams according to Cap Friendly. Uh, and he, I think he's a guy that probably um, teams would be interested in given his playoff experience, um, can help out on a power play. So I don't see him missing many games down the stretch. So my guess is Phil Castle will, in fact, at some point, become our new Iron Man record holder. How unbelievable would that be? Phil Kessel, the guy that's been made fun of many times over for his uh, body physique and, quote, lack of fitness, even though he's been one of the most fit players in multiple training camps, has been chided for his love of hot dogs. For this guy to be the NHL's Ironman at some point, like what an unbelievable story that would be in addition to Phil Kessel already being a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Got a root for Phil. Let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk for our daily face-off daily bet segment. Tyler, how'd you do last night? 
Uh, it was an okay night for us. Went two and one, needed one more goal from the Oilers, didn't end up getting it, but we were up about 0.1 of a unit. So a win is a win, Frank, and we'll look to keep the ball rolling here tonight. Let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. My first play of the day, it's that top matchup, the Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the Anaheim Ducks, and I'm taking Toronto on the puck line at minus 115. They're massive favorites in this hockey game. 5-2-1 is their record so far in January, and they're averaging 3.75 goals per game. The Ducks, on the other hand, they're 4-6-0 and oh so far in January, and they're taking on a Leafs team that is really, really good on home ice. 14-4-1 on the season. They've covered the puck line in seven of those games. The only concern for me in this matchup is that Jack Campbell has been struggling a little bit as of late for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Five goals against and back-to-back starts. Or Campbell, but at the end of the day, I think this is a really good Leafs team taking on a Ducks team that's been pretty mediocre as of late. So I have no problem paying playing them on the puck line in this one. For my player prop tonight, I'm going to the Washington San Jose matchup, and I'm actually eyeing up Tom Wilson in this game. Wilson minus 135 to pick up a point. I thought about getting greedy and taking the plus 165 for Wilson to get an assist, but I'm playing it safe. I just want to keep racking up the wins. So I'm going with Wilson to grab a point. He has 29 points in 39 games this season. He's hit this mark in three of his last five. The payout isn't great, but this is a good matchup for Washington. I think even though they've been struggling as of late, the Sharks are averaging 3.2 goals against per game so far in January. And that's actually the fifth most in the NHL. So I think Washington can get the offense going against the Sharks tonight. And Wilson, he's on the top line. He's on the top power play unit. I think he can be pretty involved in things. So those are my two bets tonight, Frank. I like it. You're eyeing up Tom Wilson. And I think we're always curious to see who Tom Wilson is eyeing up on the ice. So we'll keep an eye on that. That brings us to garbage time. And Scott Burnside, I yield the floor to you for something that is decidedly not garbage. Yeah. Thank you very much. And, uh, a week ago, I wrote a piece about the Carnegie Initiative Summit in Boston, which is a precursor to Willie O'Ree's Jersey retirement and a lot of discussion about how to gate, you know, to deal with racism in the game and inclusivity. And sadly, after a couple of really, you know, positive days, we have a couple of really troubling incidents in the American Hockey League and the ECHL racist uh, taunts. And uh, it, it's really discouraging. I talked to somebody from the Carnegie Initiative and, and just really the discouragement level very high um, after these incidents. And it really does remind us that we have so far to travel in, in really dealing with the issue of racism in the game and inclusivity. But I will tell you one thing that happened this week um, in Toronto, John Tavares, captain coming out. And before uh, he was asked about anything relating to these incidents, came out and, and spoke, um, I don't want to say preemptively, but but he addressed the issue of his own accord, said, wait a minute, you know, I want to I want to say this right off the hop here. And I thought it was so important because sometimes in the media, we often turn to John's uh, teammate, Wayne Simmons or Matt Dumbo or uh, players of color to respond to these kinds of issues. And to me, it's so much more important or as important to hear from other players and to hear from high profile leaders around the NHL who acknowledge that there is a problem, who are uh, open to discussing it, not hiding behind um, the issue, pretending it doesn't exist or waiting until they're actually asked about it specifically. And I thought it was tremendously important to hear John Tavares speak in that manner. And I'm not here to call other people out, but boy, would it be nice to see a similar kind of response across 
across the NHL. And whether it's from young rising stars, veteran future Hall of Famers, whoever it is, I think those are the kinds of messages that are so important when when fans and, and the players at other levels who experience racist taunts or comments, and they wonder if they are alone, they wonder if the game's for them. I think it's important that someone like John Tavares comes out and says, wait a minute, before we discuss anything else, I want to talk about this issue. And I would like it would be nice if we saw more of that, because I think that kind of impact goes a long, long way understanding that we have a long, long road to travel to making this truly a game that that is for everybody. Well said, Scott. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes can be uncomfortable for people to have these conversations and good on John Tavares for doing so sort of preemptively, as you said, uh, to get out there and discuss it and potentially be a little bit uncomfortable. So uh, anyone who knows John Tavares, not really surprised that he would uh, take the bull by the horns here and and discuss something that's been so important for everyone uh, that's associated with the game. And it's, um, you know, it's not easy. You've been in this position. I, I'm in it the same as well. When you walk into a dressing room and something like this pops up, your natural inclination is not to go to uh, the white player to ask about an incident that occurred. And I think, you know, it's probably on all of us in the media as well to continue that conversation with people that, um, you know, also have a lot to say as well. So, uh, good on John Tavares. Good on you for mentioning it as well. We'll continue that conversation here anytime on the Daily Faceoff Show. That is all the time that we have for today's edition. So fun to have you alongside for the ride, Scott. We'll be back here tomorrow with Mike McKenna at 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.